As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. My husband saw an ad in a local newspaper around Christmas, said, uh, hey Val, I think this uh, would be something you'd be interested in. I said, meh, I don't know if I ever wanted to sell insurance full-time. He said, well, check it out. <laughs> so I did. And that started uh, <clears throat> the process. I worked with another organization, which was a full service. By that, I mean they offered car, or uh, vehicle, uh, home insurance, uh, uh, health insurance, uh, and travel insurance. Uh, was there. Um, essentially got my training wheels Uh, under the mentorship of um, uh, the broker, who is uh, a very sweet Mexican lady. Welcome to the Repurpose Your Career podcast, brought to you by Career Pivot. This podcast is where those of us in the second half of life come together to discuss how to repurpose our careers for the 21st century. Come listen to career experts give you proven strategies. Listen to people like you tell their stories on how they repurpose their careers. And finally, get your questions answered. Your host, Mark Miller, has made six career pivots over the last 30 years. He understands this is not about jumping out of the frying pan into a fire, but rather to create a plan where you make clear, actionable steps or pivots to a better future career. Are you ready to repurpose your career? Welcome to episode 115 of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. My name is Mark Miller, and I'll be host every Monday for a discussion on what it's like to repurpose your career. CareerPivot.com brings you this podcast and is one of the very few websites dedicated to those of us in the second half of life and our careers. Take a moment to check out the blog and the other resources that are delivered to you free of charge. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with other like-minded souls. Subscribe on CareerPivot.com or iTunes or any of the other apps that supply podcasts. Share it on social media or just tell your neighbors and colleagues. The more people we reach, the more people we can help. Normally, I would tell you what ne next week's episode will be, but I'm not completely sure at this time. I am scheduled to record a question and answer episode with Susan Joyce of job-hunt.org fame this week, but I have appointments with Chris Farrell, uh, author of Purpose and a Paycheck, and I have John Tarnoff scheduled to return to the podcast to tell his story. I had John on the podcast in episode 19, which can be found at careerpivot.com slash episode dash 19. 
I will likely be working with Susan, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. This week, I interview Valerie Friesen from Blue Angel Solutions. Valerie is an early stage baby boomer who moved with her husband to Mexico from Canada during the Great Recessions with intentions to teach English on the side. She now has a very successful business providing health insurance solutions to expats in Mexico. This is a fascinating interview. I hope you enjoyed this episode. So, welcome to the Repurpose Your Career podcast. I have Valerie Friesen here, who I've met here in Ahihik, and she has a rather unique business that I ended up buying my health insurance from Valerie because I had three people point me at her. Well, uh, that's that's not an uncommon occurrence, Mark, and... um, So why don't you tell us about your business, and and we're going to say you're a baby boomer. Yes, I am. (laughs) As we just discussed, a late first stage baby boomer. Okay. And so tell us about about your business. Well, essentially how I would describe it, it would be a boutique health insurance uh, agency, brokerage actually, I say brokerage uh, simply because we have uh, relationships with several different insurance companies, which gives uh, diversity and opportunity for our customers, new and old. And so the name of the business? The name of the business is Blue Angel Solutions. I like the color. I like the angels and... um, I think there is actually a division in the U.S. Navy that are called the Blue Angels. That's right. Uh, but they're air. <laughs> <laughs> the air division of yeah. the Navy. So, how long have you been in Akihik and when, when and why did you come here? Well, my husband and I have been in Akihik uh, over nine and a half years. Uh, so, we arrived in the third quarter of 2009 and um, we came for a number of of different reasons. Uh, One of them was climate, which is not an unusual reason, probably one of the most common reasons for people to come here. Um, No, I should say you're Canadian, so... Yes, (laughs) Canadian, eh? (laughs) Which I don't say very often, actually. So uh, that certainly was one of the reasons. Um, both of a, uh, that was the tail end or the of um, the backlash of um, 2008 economic uh, meltdown in the U.S. And we say in Canada, when the U.S. sneezes, we get a cold, and uh, certainly impacted both of our both of our careers. Uh, so. We have a relative who had been here earlier, and we decided to check it out. And we liked what we saw, and uh, went home and said, hmm, let's see if this is viable. And um, within six months, we had divested ourselves of our careers, our homes, uh, our home, and some um, investment properties. And here we were. Okay. So you show up here in 2009 
when, what was the process to figure out, oh, I want to start Blue Angel Solutions? Well, it was an interesting, it, that, that was not the intent. Uh, it was not, I, I had been involved through two employer, uh, employee relationships with Canadian banks in offering disability and health insurance to my banking clients. So I was familiar with the generic product type. I had also, in much, much earlier in my career, taught English as a second language and liked it. So before we even left, I, enro I enrolled in a fast-track program for accreditation here in Guadalajara. So that was the original intent. And I attended the program, passed it, and my husband saw an ad in a local newspaper around Christmas, said, uh, hey Val, I think this uh, would be something you'd be interested in. I said, nah, I don't know if I ever wanted to sell insurance full-time. He said, well, check it out. <laughs> so I did, and that started uh, <clears throat> the process. I worked with another organization, which was a full service. By that, I mean they offered car or um, vehicle, uh, home insurance, uh, uh, health insurance, uh, and travel insurance. Uh, was there, um, essentially got my training wheels uh, under the mentorship of um, uh, the broker, who was uh, a very sweet Mexican lady. Okay, so you're getting your... You're, 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 you're getting your sea legs underneath you. Exactly. Then what happened? Well, uh, life is full of change, and I've learned to accommodate and, and expect change and try to be proactive. Um, unfortunately, a situation where, from a health perspective, uh, she passed away, and when the founder of an organization uh, leaves temporarily or permanently, things are not the same. Again, my husband said, you should move on. <laughs> Took me a while to structure the move, uh, probably about five months. Okay. And uh, Blue Angel was launched on November 1st, 2012. And then congratulations. And so here we are. And what, what was your vision at the beginning that Blue Angel would be? Well, the vision of what Blue Angel would be would uh, not necessarily have, we would not be the largest uh, uh, agency, but uh, we would aim to be the best. Uh, the best in responsiveness to our clients' requests. And by the way, everybody is a client, prospective or signed up. Everybody. So that is very, very important to, to have a standard of service delivery. And that means be here on time. That means answering the phone. That means answering an email and being respectful. And I have the same expectation of my insurance providers. Now, did that come from your previous life, that kind of discipline? <clears throat> it came from my life period. Okay. Whether it was whether it was career or or not. Okay. Those were some fundamental principles, operating principles um, in the heart. 
Okay. So you get started. Mm -hmm. Who were your initial clients? Uh, my initial clients would be fellow expats, uh, whether they were from the U.S. or Canada or Europe. There's quite a melting pot of individuals here, but primarily from Canada and the U.S. for obvious obvious reasons. And um, <clears throat> did you find? They were mostly older, over 70, between 60 and 70. Uh, well, most of them were probably in their, I would say, uh, early to mid-60s. Okay. I, probably a good way would be from 62 to 67. Okay. Would be the... Sweet spot. The sweet spot at that time. And that would be the sweet spot for people retiring here at that time. So would you like me to answer the question about now? Yes. Well, I, I, I was going to get to that, but, but yes, how have things changed? Quite a bit. So if you will, the bell curve has widened. All right. There's yeah. still that blip. But now, uh, just as recent as uh, the last hour, I had a lady walk in and say, hi, I just want to talk to you and um, learn a little bit more. I've been, I'm a good friend of so-and-so and named a customer. So we chatted and she's here and she's 77. Okay. And in the last 18 months, I have seen a lot more individuals uh, in that age bracket, 77 to even over 80. And why is that the political climate in the U.S. or is it? P p p yes, and also economic. Okay. Um, so that's one end of the spectrum. So it's it's spread out to include uh, individuals uh, much older, but it's also spread out to individuals much younger. So I have a request from a couple. She's thirty-eight. They're in uh, Playa del Carmen. They're wanting some. I have other customers. They're in their latter uh, 40s with college and high school age children. So the kids are in college back in Canada or the U.S. And the um, teens are going to schools here, international schools here. So, And, and out of curiosity, why have they moved to Mexico? Well, uh, a number of them, well, how people make their, uh, how they earn their living has changed and technology is a, is a, uh, is a driver, a, funda a fundamental part of that. So you have a recording device, you have a, uh, a good phone or iPad, and you can do business anywhere and everywhere you wish. So costs are less, community is great, um, you know, the environment uh, to live in is, is um, attractive, as, as is the cost of living. So they can do it. Yeah, one of the things I want to mention, <clears throat> one reason when we started looking, I've been all over the world. I've worked in 40 different countries. I can adapt into any culture. Mm -hmm. My wife has not. And when we came down here the first time in October 2017, mm -hmm. and when I went back and I said, 
I've either got on one of the Facebook groups or gotten Chapala.com mm -hmm. web board and said, I'm looking for an endocrinologist for my wife. Mm -hmm. And I got 28 responses in 48 hours. <laughs> and I got... Blown away. And I claim to some extent is because when people come here, it's kind of like going to college. It's very much a, uh, the, that's a very excellent analogy. It's, it's a college town environment. Yeah, it's because every, everyone's new here. You don't know anybody. And in fact, I just had a gentleman, we had a conversation because I've been chronicling all everything. And he and his partner are moving down from North Carolina. I said, just give me a call. And um, he's going, well, you're so helpful. I said, well, people have been so helpful to me. Well, it's always play. It, it, it's the norm is to play it forward. Yeah. So how have things turned out differently than you originally expected? Uh, well, originally I was going to be teaching English as a second language. And yes, I did. For one full year, I, I had a contract and I jumped in my car at 7.30 and drove out to Hakodapec, taught for two hours, jumped back in my car and was at the other insurance agency till the end of day at five o'clock. After a year of that, I decided that I needed to make a decision. The dual tracking um, was going to burn me out. And yes, I like to work, but I don't, <laughs> I didn't come here to burn out. So I decided I, I, uh, I preferred to continue in the insurance area. So <clears throat> what does your typical day look like? My typical day? Uh, I noticed you said typical day, not my typical work day. Okay. <laughs> I am an early riser. I get up and do sort of normal things that people do, get their coffee, get cleaned up. Uh, I do some reading. I like to take care of some things with uh, the suppliers who are at least an hour ahead to clean up on that and just to take a look at the day and make sure that I've got things uh, lined up. Uh, my husband and I take our two dogs for a good walk, at least a half an hour. There's all kinds of great places to walk and meet people, various malacons, come back, eat, clean up, and come to the office where... About what time do you come to the office? About 10-ish. About okay. We open at 10, so uh, I now have a receptionist, which I didn't have before. And so if I'm not here before 10, I don't worry because I know she is. Good. And then what's your typical work day? Typical work day, a number of appointments. Uh, I do business primarily by appointments. Um, with the exception of Monday mornings. We talked about change earlier and I learned a long time ago and I was surprised that it would happen here. Being in a service-minded uh, service uh, individual, in previous uh, careers, you always had a big whack of call-ins, walk-ins, email-ins on Monday morning. I was rather surprised that would happen here because everybody's retired, but old habits don't <laughs> go away. So instead of frustrating people uh, by setting up an appointment uh, on Monday morning where 
they would be interrupted and not enjoy full attention and not giving service to those who were walking in. I just plan for walk-ins. Okay. And everybody's, everybody's happy. So a number of different uh, appointments that, uh, um, that uh, for people who are interested. So that to me, there's uh, to the business, and I learned this a while ago, it's, it's somewhat like a golf swing, a golfer. And to be a really good golfer, you have to do three things very well. Number one is the setup. How you place your feet and your shoulders and your arms and your hands on that golf club is very important. So uh, the setup, the swing, and the follow-up. And I think about our business that way. So the introduction by email, etc., and the face-to-face -face appointment is the setup. Then if somebody moves forward, how do we expedite and uh, get that moving along as quickly and reasonably as possible? And then there's the follow-through. You don't follow through, it will slice or hook. <laughs> don't want that. And uh, our business is run somewhat like my consulting business was, that I always followed up and provided a personal orientation to our customers. And the analogy I use is um, if you're buying a car, before you drive, after you sign your paper, somewhere along the line, you will have a drive around with a salesperson and they will tell you what that button does and how you do this. So that is um, an integral part of our business that we provide a personal orientation to the product so they know how to operate their policy. In, in which I got an orientation from Vicki, which <laughs> yes. very, my wife and I both very much appreciate. Mm -hmm. So I'm very passionate about that. And people will say, um, I'm going to swing by and, uh, or walk in and say, I'm here to pick up my policy. Excellent. Have a seat. Can you stay 30 to 60 minutes? Yeah. Um, so what does, what, what, when does your, a, your work days typically come to an end? Somewhere, uh, somewhere around five, five thirty or six, uh, six o'clock, despite the official hours of four p.m. Okay. So that's the cleanup. Yep. Uh, part of it, which um, to me is uh, just as important as the setup. So financially, has this been more lucrative than you had planned? Uh, less lucrative about what you expected? Well, since I hadn't really done this kind of work uh, north of the border, I, I really had no expectations. I knew that I had uh, good listening skills, good problem-solving skills, and um, in my and, uh, initiative uh, and a commitment to excellence. So... I felt fairly confident I would be successful. So, do you continue to work because you want to work or you have to work? Because I want to. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a big difference. Absolutely. It's rather interesting. I come down here and you'll get kicked out of this. Um, my wife and I were sitting over at Frida's Tacos. Oh, no. Yeah, right? <clears throat> By the way, folks, Frida's. 
of God to die for. And we met these two women, one was in her early 60s, one in her late 60s, and they were talking about the fact that they loved all the activities here. And my response was, gag me, I don't want activities. It's nice, but I want a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have any intention of retiring. I'm not, um, I'm not sure I do either, although I, um, looking forward, will um, ex uh, uh, really focus a little bit more closely on a mentorship. I clearly understand the difference between self-employment and running a business. And I have been self-employed and I have run businesses before. And I understand that I as an individual uh, am a different entity from my business. Right. So uh, I wish to leave a legacy of my business. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you think you're going to sell the business? Um, the... the, um, the play out, uh, I, I probably will never sell 100%. That ownership and that drive, <laughs> in the sense of, of designing my own destiny, is almost hardwired. Well, the fact is, the reason I ask is, a lot of small business owners don't think about the end game. I do. A lot don't. Mm -hmm. So suddenly something happens and illness, death, whatever, it's like, oh, hello. I don't have a transition plan. Exactly. So uh, I've been in this business a while, so it's time to turn up the heat on myself to um, make that a top priority. So, so in, in 10 years, where do you... Where do you see yourself? Working I, less hours? I see myself uh, working less hours, being more mobile, and observing um, this, this, this age spread now, and having been here a while, gives me the opportunity to, uh, to, uh, to have experienced and evaluate the aging process probably better than most people. And uh, so our parents probably worked like the Dickens until they reached the official retiring age, had nothing of interest. Uh, and um, the, the statistics used to be that I believe over 70% of them were not alive two years later. And that's very sad. Yeah. The, uh, stor the story I tell is... If you go back to January 1, 1960, there was a great visionary in Arizona called Del Webb. Oh. And on January 1, he opened up Sun City with five model homes and a strip mall. Mm -hmm. He had 10,000 cars lined up. Now, I always say, okay, if there's 10,000 cars and probably 20,000 people, how many of those do you think smoked? Probably most. Mm -hmm. So they weren't going to live all that long. Exactly. Now the statistics say if you're a married couple 65, 
the odds of one of you living to 100 is really enormous. Mm-hmm. Well, Leticia, actually, we were chatting earlier today, and she was telling me the ages of uh, some of her relatives. And um, two of her aunties, one is 104, lives alone, uh, takes care of herself, and the other one is 102. And that's a that's a different that's a different world than any of us ex- expected. And of course, as we were talking before, there are a lot of what I refer to as economic refugees down yes, here. Yes, absolutely. Um, they are coming here because they understand that they can afford to live here on their Social Security mm-hmm. and probably live a very good life. Sometimes and, much better. Yes. So. Valerie, thank you very much for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. And um, is, there anything, I, is I, there anything you want to add you'd like my listeners to, to know? Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> I knew when I arrived I would love it and I would be successful uh, in whatever endeavor. First of all, I had lived overseas before, just out of college, the Canadian equivalent of uh, Peace Corps. And um, when you finish your university at age 21 and you go halfway around the world, you learn to be pretty self-reliant in, um, in, a, in a third world country truly a third world country and I learned that there were three things that you had to have flexibility <laughs> flexibility respect for your the the, um, the citizens of the country you were living in and their culture there is no um, simple culture the technology may be simple, but no culture is simple. Oh. And the third one is, it helps to have a really good sense of humor. And I knew I had those qualities. And sometimes things happen, you think, you think well, whatever. It doesn't matter. In five years, am I going to remember it? And if I can remember it, will I even care? So chill out and relax and have a great time because it's not a dress rehearsal. This is it. Well, it's interesting because I spent a lot of time in mainland China from 2000 to 2004. And I learned the more I understood the Chinese, the less I understood them. <laughs> exactly. Right? It's the and, old peeling the, the onion. And, and that's similar here. It's similar here with the... In the U.S., we have a the perception of what Mexico's like. And I was recently on a Facebook group and someone was saying, oh, you're there, the cartels. And I'm going, you know, I'm actually safer here than I was back in Austin. In the last two years, I've had a SWAT team set up within 100 yards of my house. Uh, when we were here last spring, we missed the... Um, mail bomber, the package bomber that terrorized the city. And when I drove home in October so we could empty out our condo, 
we had major flooding and the, um, oh. the, 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 the water system broke down. So I go from Mexico back to Texas and I can't drink the water. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much. You're welcome. And I very much appreciate your time. I hope this uh, will be interesting to uh, your, your clients. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I have several more episodes like this one lined up to introduce you to the many possibilities of working outside the U.S. Susan Leahy and I are working on the next edition of Repurpose Your Career, and I'm looking for your help. I have been forming a release team of readers who will get access to pre-release chapters of the book to provide feedback. I have already released the opening chapter to the release team. You can sign up to be part of this team by going to careerpivot.com slash RYC team where you can sign up. When you sign up, you'll receive the pre-release version of the chapters when they become available. What I ask in return is for you to provide feedback and be prepared to write a review on Amazon.com when the book is released. Susan and I will be adding about eight new chapters, rewriting several others. I will be releasing a new pre-release chapter on this podcast to review every four to six weeks. And it's getting a little bit longer than that. Rather interesting, I have been delayed because of my move to Mexico and Susan's moving to Portugal. So we're a little behind schedule. If you want to participate, go to careerpivot.com slash RYC team. The Career Pivot Community website has become a valuable resource for the 50 members who are participating in the beta phase of this project. I'm currently recruiting new members for the next cohort. If you are interested in learning about the endeavor and would like to be put on a waiting list, please go to careerpivot.com slash community. When you sign up, you will, you will receive more information about the community as it evolves. It is those who are in these initial cohorts get to set the direction of this endeavor. This is a paid membership community where I will be offering group coaching, special content, mastermind groups, branding sessions, and more importantly, it will be a community where you can seek help. Please go to careerpivot.com community to sign up to learn more. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash IN slash MR Miller or Mr. Miller. Just include in the connection request you listen to this podcast. Look for Career Pivot on Facebook and LinkedIn and you'll find me on Twitter at at Career Pivot. Please come back next week when I will likely be answering questions with Susan Joyce. But that's subject to change. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. You will find all the show notes at careerpivot.com slash episode dash 115. Who would have thought when we, when we got started, we'd be on a episode 115. Please hop over to careerpivot.com and subscribe to get updates on this podcast and all the other happenings at Career Pivot. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Overcast, and Spotify. Hope to see you next Monday for another episode of Repurpose Your Career Podcast.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.